0: Hi, welcome to Blackhawk Church. My name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team here at Blackhawk Church. Welcome to all of you who are joining us online, those of you who are at Blackhawk uh, Fitchburg, those of you who are at Blackhawk uh, downtown, those of you who are in this room with me right here, or maybe you're at one of the other venues here at the Braider Wayside, Gospel Fusion or Traditions. And those of you who are Mandarin-speaking, uh, Dijong Zimei ping An, Spanish speakers, bienvenidos a Blackhawk. Hey, before I start uh, the talk, I want to give a special shout-out to all of those people that are at Blackhawk Fitchburg right now, because uh, today, March the 3rd, marks the 11th anniversary of uh, Blackhawk Fitchburg uh, being launched. And March 3rd, 2013, we launched it at Savannah Oaks Middle School, so they are 11 years old. Let's all sites and venues give them a big hand right now. Awesome, you guys. Awesome. All right, way to go, Pastor Daniel Owen and his team. They work hard. We love you guys. That is a great, uh, great sight. Well, hey, to begin today's uh, talk, uh, I'd like us to think about uh, a word that's a very familiar word uh, in our world uh, today, and it's this word uh, right here. What comes into your mind when you hear the word or see the word? Religion. Religion. So some of us might have, right? Well, it's kind of like what we're doing right now. I mean, like, you know, I've come to church and uh, you just identified yourself as a pastor, so I'm listening to you. So, like, this is kind of like doing religion right now. Hey, I'm a Christian. I'm kind of, so some of us might think of the different kinds of faith systems like Hinduism, Islam. Buddhism or something like we, Christianity, we might think of one of those kind of things. What comes to your mind when you hear the word religion? Some of us, it might be super negative. It might be, you know what, uh, I kind of don't like to think about me being religious. I like to think about myself having a relationship with God. Religion is kind of bad. Relationship is better. So some of you might be that way. Some might be very negative and say, you know, religion, isn't that the cause of like most of the world problems today? I mean, isn't that really the root behind what's going on with Israel and Hamas? I mean, isn't that a religious conflict? So some of us might really think negatively that way. So the question is, what comes into your mind when you hear the word religion? Honestly, some of us uh, might actually think of uh, true religion which is actually a, a manufacturer of jeans and stuff like that. And you'll notice immediately that I am not practicing true religion. I have uh, Levi's on uh, right now that I got at Cole's. So I'm just the old guy on the, the cool pastor. Matt, pastor Matt is, and Pastor Coley are the cool pastors. And then there's Charles and me. So you gotta put <laughs> up with that. My point, my point here is that whatever comes into your mind when someone says religion, I would bet a funny amount of money. It's not what came into James's mind when he talks about religion. So, what, what came into your mind, okay, now this is what comes into James's mind when he thinks about religion. Those who consider themselves religious, Thracy And yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues. Deceive themselves, and their religion, Thrasia, is worthless. Religion, Thrasia, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. When I said the word religion, did you say, Oh, yes, that's about taking care of people who are in distress and not being polluted by the world. Is that what came into your mind? Yeah, I'm guessing probably not. Why does James say something that is so different from the way we think today? Well, part of the answer of that is, uh, and we say it all the time here at Blackhawk Church, uh, the Bible is not written to us, it's written for us. I stole that phrase years ago from a professor at Wheaton College named John Walton. The Bible's not written to us, but for us. And sometimes we remind the audiences of that by poking up like a Hebrew or Greek word. So that's why I had that word thrascia up there to remind you, he's not writing R-E-L-I, He wrote Thraschia. So in his world, what does Thraschia mean? Well, it's not about a pair of jeans. Thraschia is uh, this. Ritual acts that display commitment to God. In James's world in the first century, it was very religious, very religious in terms of Thraschia. You couldn't go anywhere without... (laughs) Uh, smelling, seeing, or hearing the sounds of religion. It was everywhere. It's about sacrifices that you would offer uh, to a god. The reason we're having uh, good weather uh, today has to do, in the first century, it would have to do with the gods. The gods, are ple- the gods are behind everything. So you have bad weather. It's not because there is like a cold front moving through. And the Meteorology, you guys, is pretty relatively recent science, okay? They didn't think that term. They thought every- gods are behind everything. And if you want good weather, you need to do some Thrasia. You need to sacrifice some things, cut some things up, do some kinds. of, it's bells and whistles kind of thing. In their world, religion was the kind of stuff that you do to please the gods. And I'm not sure if we're very far away from that in our world today either. That's when I, because when I said the word religion, you probably didn't think of what James was talking about. In our world, uh, religion is about, oh, what you're doing now. Religion is about going to church. It's about going to the synagogue. It's about doing something religious. You're doing something religious now. You're reading your Bible now. It's religious. James does not think that way. To James, this is what true religion is. True religion is not what happens in here. It's what happens out there. Why not you everybody say that phrase with me? All sites and venues, everybody online, say that. True religion is not what happens in here. It's what happens out there. What is true religion? That's what we're going to talk about today. What is true religion? It's about transformation, and it's about mission. It's about transformation. It's about the struggle with sin that we all have. It's about a new birth, and it's about doing the word. That's transformation. And it's also about mission, living out the character of Jesus. True religion to James, (laughs) this is James being James. It's a punch in the gut. It's not what you think it is. It's different. It's not about what we're doing now. It's about what you do after the message is over and you go walk in the world today. That's what true religion is all about. That's what we're going to talk about. So take your Bibles and turn to James uh, chapter 1. This is the third in a nine-part series as we're going through uh, the book of James. Pastor Matt started out the book of James a few weeks ago, recited the entire book. <laughs> oh, my. He did that. Okay, wow. That was very, very cool. And this challenge us to memorize that little, those first couple of verses in the, in the first chapter of James. And then last week, Pastor Charles has a very creative metaphor about this app. Do you remember this app? We put this on the screen uh, last week. The Kingdom Values Conversion app. So remember, it's not a real app, so don't go to the app store and try to find that. We just kind of invented it. Kingdom Values Conversion app. It's designed for Christ followers living in exile. So you uh, take something in uh, the world that trials usually cause depression in people, so no, no. In the Kingdom Values Conversion app, you put trials and tribulations in us, and that should actually produce, what did Pastor Charles say last week, or James? It should actually joy in us, actually. It produces joy because it gives us an, an opportunity for the character of Jesus to kind of actually kick in. He's going, oh, my gosh, this is kind of different. It's the same thing uh, with religion. So the world thinks of religion as bells and whistles and what you're doing now and going to church and stuff like that. No, 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 no. You put that in, the kingdom values conversion act, and it's not really about that. It's about taking care of people who are in distress, and it's about <laughs> being completely different from the rest of the world, not being polluted by the world. Your life has been transformed. Does that mean that we don't sin anymore? No, 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 no. We still struggle with sin, and that's James 1.13. James 1.13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by Satan. No, no, it doesn't say that, does it? Whoa, whoa, what does it say? They're dragged away by what? Their own evil desire. When I ask you what, you can participate in the message. (laughs) Their own evil desire, epithumia, and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived. It doesn't come from God. Don't blame God. It didn't come from Satan. Don't be deceived. Yeah. It comes from here. It's here. Everybody look at me. That sounds awful, doesn't it? (laughs) Look at me. There is a struggle going on inside of my heart right now. There is a struggle. It's a battle, actually. Between, like, two different natures warring inside of me right now. I've said this before, but if you knew me the way I know me, you would say, what is he doing up there? Why are you? Because I've got sin lurking inside of me all all the time. Maybe not so much right now, because I'm actually thinking about this talk. (laughs) But it's not far from being, in James's language, birthed. Inside. It doesn't take much. It, just, it can basically be born inside of me. Let me illustrate. And that's funny, isn't it? Not only, welcome to Blackhawk. Pastors don't need to talk about sin. They say, here, watch me sin right now. <laughs> welcome to Blackhawk Church. That'll probably make the internet run. Okay, here we go. Right. right. I've got, um, let's say, let's just make this up. I got a $1 bill right here. Let's say that uh, I put it on the table. Table's here. There's no one in the room. Nobody's in the room. And uh, I, you know, services are all over and uh, nobody's in the room. You know, about an hour after everything's over, (laughs) yeah, nobody's in the room. And I see a dollar bill laying on a table. I walk by that and I see it's laying on the table. And, well, nothing really happens inside of me that's wrong. I'm just thinking, oh, somebody left a dollar, oh, okay. And maybe I'll pick it up and take it to the info center, maybe I'll put it in one of the boxes. Nothing really happens inside of me with one dollar. And let's say I see one of these, a 20. And I'm thinking, oh, somebody's missing a 20. And I'm looking around, I don't see anybody. What do I do with that 20? Hmm. I'd probably take the Info Center, maybe put it in a box. Probably not going to put it in my pocket, just saying. Let's say I see a Ben Franklin. It's just laying on the table. All of a sudden, what's going on inside of me? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not George Washington. Whoa. I don't, these are kind of rare. I don't see many of these around. What's happening? All of a sudden, you guys follow me? You follow me? Something just boom, boom. See, that's what James is talking about. Something was just conceived because of a desire that I have. Desire for wealth, conceived, boom. Maybe I should, all of a sudden I'm looking around. I wonder if those cameras work all the time. <laughs> you guys follow me? Or maybe, uh, maybe it's uh, not that. Maybe it's a, yeah, that's okay. Whatever, take it to the info center. Maybe I see a stack of hundreds. I see 100 Ben Franklin's there. I don't actually have this laying around in my house, so I didn't bring in a, a stack of hundreds. But if you saw $10,000 laying, you follow where sin comes from? That's what I'm trying to illustrate here. The desire, boom. I have a desire, and all of a sudden, something is birthed inside of me that says, that should be mine. And that if that continues to grow, that leads to my departure from God. It's actually, he says, it's leads to death. I think that's like spiritual death, that kind of thing. You're, I'm just like moving away from God completely. That's how sin is born. So transformation, doesn't mean that I am completely done with the sin struggle. I still struggle with sin. See, I mean, we should do a survey right now. How many of us are believers and we have no struggle with sin? Raise your hand. I mean, like, like who's? Every We all struggle with sin. James uh, goes on. The, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, logo aletheos, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So what is this? Burst through the word of truth. This is part of transformation process. I struggle with sin, but I have been born through the word of truth. What is this Logo latheus? What, what's he referring to? Scholars debate about what he's re- actually referring to here. I believe that he's actually referring to like the gospel, the good news about the fact that the Messiah has come, he's been born, he lived a life that none of us could live, he died a death that only he could die, to die for our sins. I place my faith in him. I I'm then entered into the family of God and I wait for him to come back one day. This is the gospel. Paul refers to this uh, logo Elathius as the gospel in Ephesians. Paul writes this. And you also were included in Christ Jesus when you heard the message of truth, real close, logon. Te- the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit. When you believe, when I believed for the first time, that's when I was a teenager. And I don't exactly remember when exactly it happened, but when I was a teenager, that's when it started to make sense to me, and then, and then, I, and then I believed, and I kind of transferred my trust to Christ, Him alone. And when that happened, when I was a teenager, honestly, I kind of thought that that would lead, the struggle that I have a sin would go away. I actually thought that. And I think partly my church kind of taught that. Because then if you got involved in sin again, then you lost your salvation in the church that I went to, then you had to get saved again. And then I had friends that were saved 10, 15 times because you'd struggle and boom, struggle, boom, come back. But the struggle is part of the process. It's part of the process. We're always struggling with sin, even though we have been born again. James continues as he talks about the struggle. My dear brothers and sisters, see again, he's talking to the family members here, a few people in the family. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Anybody struggle with anger? Raise your... You don't have to do that. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. You struggle with anger? Yeah, you're not producing the kind of righteousness that God actually desires. Live in concert with the word that that's how you were born and the word that God has planted in you. Actually, live in concert with that so that you're not giving way to anger all the time. How do you do that, Pastor Chris? How do you do that? Well, James, is, James being James, just basically punches you in the gut and says, just do it, do the word." That's what he says uh, next. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. To James, transformation is about your struggle with sin, there is a new birth, but you're you're doing you're doing the word, you're doing the word. Whoa, let's stop, 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 stop. Whoa. So what is happening right now? Whoa. Right now, you're listening to the word. We're not doing it. Whoa, it's danger. Danger, danger, danger. <laughs> hey, wouldn't I mean, that be cool? You know, outside of all of our venues, we should put uh, danger, danger, da- entering the sanctuary. Danger, 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 danger. Because all of a sudden you come in here and you listen to the word, and you're going, hey, I'm religious. Hey, I'm listening to the word. Check, check, check. I'm, I'm doing the Christian thing, I'm listening to the Bible. No, 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 James says, punching the guy. No, it's about, it's about doing it, not just listening. So, how you guys doing? Anybody mad at me yet? He says it's like this. It's like a mirror. See, it's like a mirror. Here, look what he says here. Oh, do not listen to it. just so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Put the verse up that says it looks like a mirror. Looks at his face like it's in a, like and you're looking in a mirror. So I'm looking in a mirror. Here we go, looking in a mirror. Is that a zit? No, too old for that. So you look at the mirror, and the mirror is telling me something. You know, like if I had spinach in my teeth or something like that, I look in the mirror and I go, oh, it's telling me, hey, idiot, put that out. But Sometimes we come and listen to the word and the word tells us, but then we don't do it and then we deceive ourselves, deceive ourselves. James refers to the mirror as the perfect law that gives freedom. See that? The perfect law that gives freedom. What's that? I think he's referring to the Mosaic code that is kind of translated and applied uh, to our lives by the words of Jesus. I think that's the perfect law that gives freedom. Laws can bring freedom in our lives if we live by them. I mean, you know, you don't want a lawless world. There's no freedom there. The, the, the traffic laws give us freedom so that we can communicate, can be, commute safely. The perfect law, if we do it, it gives us freedom to live the kind of life that God wants us to live. So let's say I look at the mirror. And the mirror says, you know you have a struggle with alcohol. You know, when you go to a wedding reception, you know, (laughs) there's all this free, all this free booze. And you know you have a struggle with that, but you don't tell anybody, and you just get drunk, and that's not right. You're not doing the word. You know what it says, but you're not doing it. Or let's say that I have a problem with anger, and I don't really confess that to anybody. I just go, that's the way I am. I'm wired that way. Hey, you're not really doing the word because that kind of behavior doesn't lead to the righteousness that God wants to see coming out of your life. Or let's just say I struggle with lust. And I go, you know what, I can't tell anybody about that because hey, wow, I can't, can't tell anybody about that. But then I know from the word that that's a problem. But I, what I'm, what's happening is that I'm deceiving myself and my, my house is gonna come. you know the words of Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he said, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will be like a wise man who builds his house upon the... When I do that, you can participate in the message. Jesus says, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will be like a wise man that builds his house upon the rock. And the rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew against that house and it beat against that house, but that house stood because it had its foundation on the rock. But whoever hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the... And the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against that house, and that house fell with a great crash. Because, as his younger brother will say, we were deceived not merely listen to the words, so deceive yourself. Do what it says. How you doing? Danger, danger, danger. You're listening to the Bible. Danger, danger, danger. (laughs) You think, whoa, I'm I'm religious. No, 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 no. You could be very deceived right now. Are you doing what it says? Because... True religion is not about what happens in here. It's about what happens out there. What is religion? What is true religion? It's about transformation. Even though I struggle with sin, I am born again, but I need to do the word, and it's about mission, leading out the character of Jesus. True religion is this. It's not what happens in here, you guys. It's what happens out there. So the mission of Jesus, well, he's pretty clear about that in the last part of James chapter 1. So he, he writes this. Those who consider themselves religious and cut other people down with their language Or cuss, they don't keep a tight rein on their tongues. They, they deceive themselves. Their religion is, what's it say? Worthless. It's worthless. It's worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Keep a tight rein on your tongue has the idea of bridling uh, the tongue. James, with these last verses in James chapter 1, is setting up the rest of the book, actually. (laughs) And so what he's going to do there and talk about the tongue, uh, there's a whole section in chapter 3 that he's going to do that. Pastor Tiffany Malloy is going to talk about that in a few weeks, and I don't want to take away any of her thunder. That's a powerful message you need to hear, James chapter 3. And he goes on then to talk about what's what's true religion from God's perspective is pure and faultless, is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Why would he say orphans and widows was back in his day, very patriarchal world back in his day. If you didn't have a man in your world, so an orphan wouldn't have a father and a widow wouldn't have a husband. If you didn't have a man in your world, you you were in distress real fast, real fast. In a patriarchal world, that was just the way it was, and God's heart bleeds for people who are in great distress. That's basically, you could just take orphans and widows out and just put people who are in great distress, economic distress, emotional distress, justice distress. Deuteronomy, we read, God says this, he defends the cause of the fatherless, the widow, and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing, and you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. So people who are in distress, immigrants are in distress, orphans are in distress, widows are in distress. What is true religion? I care about that. I do something about that, I see distress, I'm on it. That's, that's pure and flawless to God. It's not about bells and whistles, religious acts into the sanctuary. It's, out, it's seeing people who need help, and we go, boom, I'm on that. Why? It's the character of Jesus is what Jesus will do. Duh. What else was Jesus about? Not just caring about justice, but also not being polluted by the world. See what James says? To keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Sometimes I hear people talk about do justice, do justice, be concerned about. But yet, (laughs) they're not concerned about the fact that they're being polluted by the world with all kinds of other things that they see and watch and do and act. That's also part of it. It's it's both and. It's not one or the other. It's being concerned about what happens here on this thing and what I take in from this thing. So am I being polluted by the world, by this thing? Well, I should just get rid of this thing. That's probably not a practical (laughs) illustration. I mean, a preacher could stand up and say that, but none of you are going to actually do it but am I monitoring this? Somebody helping me monitor what I? Because this thing, whoa, this can help me become polluted real fast. So it's not just about justice. It's about morality. Am I living the kind of life that Jesus would want me to live? And James has got a lot to say about that. I wish I could go into the next chapter right now, but I will not do that. <laughs> That's for next week. So, what have I been trying to say today? Here's what I've been trying to say right here. Say this with me true religion is not what happens in here. Yeah. What happens in here? Uh, This this is like an athletic metaphor. This is like a locker room. It's a locker room. This is not where the game is being played. This is a locker room, and um, the pastors are like, we're like coaches. We're trying to encourage you. But don't think that this is where the game is being played. The game is being played out there, and all of our games in Madison are on a wave field. (laughs) We play the game in a world where people want us to fail. They want us to be in the penalty box. They want us to drop the ball. That's where the game is played. Right here, we're just getting coaching about how to really live our lives. That's what true religion is about. It's not checking a box, went to church today, read the Bible today, listened to a podcast today. That's not true religion. True religion is saying, I have a problem with alcohol, and I'm tired of just talking about it. I'm going to start doing the word. That's true religion. True religion is, I know I have a problem with anger, and I'm not just going to say, that's the way I'm wired. I'm going to actually do something about that. True religion is, I know I have a lust problem, but you know what? Doesn't everybody have a lust problem? It's okay. No, true religion is about actually doing something about that. True religion is not just seeing the problems that we have in the world, seeing the distress that is out there. It's actually doing something about that. True religion, from James's perspective, sounds to us like a punch in the gut because we live in a world where religion is all about this right here. And that is not religion from James's perspective. It's about knowing who Jesus is, saying that he's my Lord and living my life according to the way Jesus wants me to live my life. Being a follower of Christ means that I'm a follower of Christ. That is true religion. True religion is not about what I do in here. It's about what I do out there. And when people see me and my life, you, and your life, they say they are not like anybody I know. They are different. That is faith in action. Let's pray. Father, we we pray that you would help us as we all struggle with sin, that we would take um, inventory on our life and by the power of your spirit, and I know he was working in this talk because I know he was touching hearts and minds. When I would get to a certain place, the spirit would go boom. Now help us, Father, to take that, that boom in our own hearts and do something with it, tell a friend, have a conversation, and by the power of your spirit who lives within us, to grow towards Christ and to be changed. We pray this in Jesus' name. And because so many people are watching us, for the sake of his reputation, all God's people said,